Good morning and welcome back to 501C TV. I'm your host, Janelle Harris, and this is the podcast that talks to system change leaders, thought leaders, nonprofits, and nonprofit partners. And I am so excited today. We have a little bit of different format. We're doing a podcast and then we're gonna do a complete tour today. Um, I'm with Katrina Heller, who is the executive director of the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse and Museum. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for, for sitting down with us and going through um, everything with us today because there's a lot going on you guys we're gonna we're gonna do our 30 minutes of podcasting and then we get an opportunity to walk around the grounds and uh and tour everything that's going on here so katrina good morning thank you again it's so great to be here and tell me a little bit about your role here what you have going on and how did you get involved with jupiter and what <laughs> well thank you for coming over here and joining us at the lighthouse mm -hmm. I am the executive director here at the Lighthouse. I've been here for eight and a half years. Okay. But I began as our visitor services supervisor, worked my way to the director of operations, and then became executive director just this year. Oh my gosh, congratulations. So That's I am, amazing. Thank you. I've done a little bit of everything here at the Lighthouse at one point or another, whether it was coordinating and scheduling the volunteers, planning events, running the gift shop. I kind of know it all at this point. Amazing. And so it is my great love and I, I'm not leaving anytime soon. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and I'm excited you're gonna take me through later on yes. the grounds. Um, if you've been to South Florida, you at least have heard about the Jupiter Lighthouse. It's in my mind, truly iconic. And um, just, you know, anything you see for, um, the coast and pictures of South Florida, I feel like you always see the Jupiter Lighthouse. So yes, it's it an has, icon. and it's been standing tall for 163 years, which is amazing. So let's talk a little bit um, also about um, the setup here. Uh, tell me about the Loxahatchee River Historical Society, because I think that plays into a lot with the history. I love anything history, but the Historical Society is kind of a big part of the lighthouse. It is. So technically, the Loxahatchee River Historical Society is our nonprofit registered name. Gotcha. We were incorporated in 1972. Okay. So we are 52 years old awesome. now as a historical society. That's amazing. We've been involved with the lighthouse ever since. We helped get it on the National Register of Historic Places. We've helped run the tours when it was a Coast Guard base. And now we're a managing partner with the federal government, the Bureau okay. of Land Management that owns the land. Gotcha. And so the Loxahatchee River Historical Society is the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse and Museum. That is our DBA. Perfect. And thank you for clarifying that because I, if you go out onto their website, um, you'll find all the information. I spent so much time on there because I love anything history related. And you guys do a really nice job of kind of laying out the history of the lighthouse, the lands, I mean, all the way back. We're going back like 5,000 years, you guys. There's a, there's a lot of history on that website, um, which is really cool. But um, you know, let's let's go present day and talk about um, a little bit about why the you know why do you think people are drawn to the lighthouse and why is it so important to kind of continue the history and the legacy of what's going on here today? I think people are drawn to the lighthouse for a number of reasons. One, it's just fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is the best view in the entire Palm Beaches. Um, you get this amazing view of the two rivers coming together, the Loxahatchee and the Indian River, mm -hmm. and going out to the inlet and to the Atlantic. Yes. We have so many great restaurants and locations right around, and we do some very fun things that you get to experience 
that at different times of day. Right. So we have sunrise tours, sunset tours, full moon tours. So it's a very different experience than you can have really anywhere else. On top of that, we have so much history. Yes, and which I love the history. <laughs> so I would love, like I said, I was we telling have- Katrina off camera, I'm like, we could probably talk for three hours just about yes. the history of the, not only the area because it's so beautiful up here, you guys. If you've if, if you live in Florida, I know it's snowboard snowbird season now. So if you're here visiting, come to Jupiter and see this area because a it's just stunning, and b once you get the history of it, you really appreciate a lot more about all the like cool things that have gone on here in the last you know hundreds of years. So maybe you can give us like a yes. quick run through of some of that. Um, and let us know what, what some of your favorite points well, are. Well, and I always think, you know, people don't realize how much history is mm-hmm. here and how far back habitation here has gone. Right. We've had, we have evidence of habitation here on this site for 8,000 years. Yeah, so very early Native Americans would have come here. And as it's a gorgeous place to live now, it was a gorgeous place to live back then. Sure. And you had the river and all of these resources. And so we've had this habitation now for 8,000 years from early Native Americans to more modern Native Americans and Seminoles to the pioneers Mm -hmm. to all five branches of the military have at one point been on this site. Which I read about, which is pretty amazing. Some really cool stuff. We have a lot of archaeology that happens here. We have historical research that happens here. And so as a historical society, we really focus on the preservation, protection, and interpretation of all of that history. Got you. So tell me a little bit about the grounds itself. How, how many, is it acres? It that, is. Okay, how many acres do we sit on? And tell me a little, tell me some facts about the actual lighthouse itself, because I know there's a ton. Yes. And don't so, quiz me at the end. <laughs> this land is congressionally designated as an outstanding natural area. which means it is 120 acres of protected land that will not be developed that has numerous protected or rare species of plants, of wildlife. And so it's protected congressionally um, by the Jupiter Inlet Lighthouse Outstanding Natural Area Act from 2008. That's a lot. It is. (laughs) It's a lot to remember. And so the land itself is owned by the Bureau of Land Management. They're like a sister to the National Park Service. Mm -hmm. So it's a public land. And then the Loxahatchee River Historical Society is named in the legislation with them as a managing partner. Gotcha. And we have other partners on site who do fantastic work. So the Loxahatchee River District mm-hmm. and the River Center do a lot of work here with river quality control testing yeah. and water testing. Awesome. The um, the Nature Conservancy that works out of Blowing Rocks is a partner here. The Florida Public Archaeology Network is a wonderful partner that really focuses on the archaeology. So we have all of these amazing partners mm-hmm. here on these 120 acres that are making this site so special and to make it last right forever. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Um, you know, going back so going back a little bit into the history, um, I, I read some information, but why do you think it was so important? Like, why was this specific site chosen for the lighthouse? I think um, it was the rivers, okay. but also 
we have a very interesting situation where the lighthouse itself sits on top of a natural sand dune. Okay, interesting. And it meant that you needed a little less building material to get it just as high. Right. And so we were able to use that natural part of the land, that sand dune, to build up the lighthouse. So while it's only 108 feet, it really sits 150 feet above sea level. Okay. Yeah, interesting. And then I think I, I read online that all of the materials actually had to be shipped down here. Like, oh, yes. Brick by brick. Like, they're not, they think it might be like half a million bricks. Nobody really knows because there's no, no one record knows. of it. But all the materials were brought down from the Northeast um, to get this done, which I also think is amazing. Yeah, like, it's a really cool story. In the mid 1800s. Correct. Yeah, you know, just a small, small little feat there. And so, so it was first lit on July 10th, 1860. Okay. So July 10th is our birthday, and we usually celebrate it every year awesome. with a fun history day. Okay. And one very interesting and very cool, in my opinion, fact is our lens, the thing that makes the light shine extra bright and out to sea 24 miles, is called a first order Fresnel lens. Mm -hmm. There are only 13 of those left working in the entire country. Which is really cool. And I was reading about the Fresnel lens uh, again, because, you know, just what I do in my spare time is read about lenses. But the Fresnel lens is actually really cool because it, it, it was so ahead of its time. Yes back then that later on um, things like headlights in your car I mean you know lighting that you have in your home it really was ahead of the game and ahead of its time for for technology and advancements that came later on which I think is really cool so that's still in operation it's still today. in operation except for the fact that right now it is protectively wrapped okay. I'm not sure if you've noticed but the light has not been shining right. at night right now and it's because of the US1 bridge project if you can hear in the background of this podcast there <laughs> yes. is some pile driving happening <laughs> um, we are right next to the US1 bridge and with the new bridge construction all of that pile driving we're being extra cautious so we have vibration monitors mm -hmm. inside the lighthouse making sure they're still within acceptable levels but we have protectively wrapped that lens mm -hmm. because it's irreplaceable absolutely yeah and I think that's so cool and <laughs> you know just going back I mean if you think about all the technology the boaters and you know everyone on the waterways today has you guys you have to remember like there was nothing else yes. back then so you know to, to have you know anywhere in the country I think people are just drawn to a lighthouse because there's just you know it's they've got like an aura about them that's yes. pretty cool and I think they've come to mean hope yeah. and home mm -hmm. and it was a, a place and a way to guide sailors home yeah which is which is so cool and especially i mean again like we could go on and on for forever about the history but um i also so go on their website all the history is there you guys have some amazing staff here as well we do um if you guys come on site to visit you know again check the website because there's all kinds of events where you can you can come and like listen in and get all of those like history lessons and tours and things like that specific to the history um, but one thing I think is really cool is, you know, I love history. I always want my kids to learn about history. I think you guys also have the same mindset here that it's important to you to keep that going for the next generation. Definitely. So tell me a little bit about some of the programs that you guys do here for schools and young children to kind of keep them. Our program and education department yeah. is really at the center of our operations here. And so our biggest part of that is our fourth grade field trips. Oh. The fourth graders is that's when you learn Florida history. Yes. And so we welcome all of the fourth grade awesome. students from the area to come and get their full history tour and climb the, light, the lighthouse. 
Um, but we steps is that again? It's 105 stairs. It's just 105 stairs. <laughs> just 105, not too bad. Um, but the fourth graders is really wonderful. We have a group of wonderful volunteers and volunteer docents that are former teachers awesome. that know the history that learned that tour and can impart that wisdom onto our fourth graders and get them excited about their Florida history. Absolutely. We also have different programs for multiple age groups. Mm -hmm. On the third Saturday of the month, we have our story time for preschoolers. We have this beautiful seminal chickie. It looks like a tiki hut, but it's called a chickie. Oh, so fun. And we do a story and a craft for the preschoolers once a month. We have dedicated homeschool days. So our homeschool students that are in the community Mm -hmm. can come and get a tour, but also do some different learning activities throughout the site. And so each month has a different theme. And then our Lighthouse Explorers Club is the second Saturday of the month that is a little bit similar to the homeschool morning where we have a different theme each month. But students or families can just come in, do a craft, get a little bit more information, have an activity, see the site, and learn about a different part of our history. We have so much here that we can't fit it all into just one tour. Yes, I totally get that. And then we just launched this past year um, daily specialized tours. And so I believe it's Tuesdays. We have our native plants of the ONA tour. We have a military history tour, a lighthouse keepers tour, and an archaeology and Native American tour. So each day there's something going on. It's so, it's remarkable. And also one thing I want to know is that it's not like you just pull up here and there's a lighthouse and then you climb lighthouse and go home. (laughs) So there's a lot going on around here. So maybe you can kind of, and we'll walk through later. Yes, we'll walk through it all. but we have the Tyndall Family Pioneer House, mm-hmm. which is the oldest home in Jupiter, just not in its original location. Okay, interesting. So it's a house from 1892 that we picked up on a flatbed truck <laughs> and moved here for <laughs> preservation about 12 years ago. So cool. Um, but it's really neat. It's a museum exhibit now that people can walk through that okay. it's fully furnished in the style and time period. We have the Seminole Chickie. We have a native plant garden and pathway. Mm -hmm. We have our Lighthouse Keepers Workshop that talks about the different lighthouse keepers and the construction of the lighthouse. And we have our beautiful ficus tree where we have weddings and twilight yoga and different events throughout the year. I think that's probably one of my favorite, like the pictures that I see. This thing is stunning. We'll we'll get to look at it later, I'm sure. But um, there was some discussion too. Didn't some people think that it was a banyan? We call it a Florida banyan. Okay. It looks like a banyan, and so it's easier it's for like people to understand <laughs> okay. that we just yeah we call it the Florida banyan. Technically, it's a ficus tree. Okay, got you. Interesting. Um, awesome. So my point is that you can come here, you know, with yourself or your family, and really make a day out of it because it yes. is it is beautiful. There's like tons of just natural paths and things that you can walk around here. Um, does it back up to um, a state park or is that part of you guys? So that's part of it. So it the is. public lands with the Bureau of Land Management, um, they have nature paths. So coming off of Beach Road, you can access paths to the north and south of Beach okay. Road. Gotcha. So those are, um, they're fenced off from the what we call historic corridor. So you, while you need a ticket to come on this side and climb the lighthouse and sure. see those exhibits, those 
nature trails are all open to the public dawn to dusk every day and they're gorgeous and a really nice way just to spend a day especially this time of year when it's cooled down a little bit absolutely absolutely that's so wonderful so i'm sure it takes a lot of volunteers employees and a lot of backing from the community to run an operation like this right yes our volunteers are our backbone we have over a hundred active volunteers who do everything from help in the gift shop cashiering to welcoming guests on site to leading those fourth graders throughout (laughs) to being at the top of the lighthouse to helping with events. They really help us with everything. We have a fairly small staff. We only have nine full-time and four part-time people, but the volunteers are really what keeps us open. Um, And many of them have been here for years and years and years, and we wouldn't be able to be where we are without them. Yeah, that's great. Um, If people want to volunteer, are there specific, I mean, I'm sure like we'll talk about the events here in a minute, but when you have events coming up, are there opportunities for people to come in and just help out with like a specific event that you would need? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Um, Most of the time, you know, we love to get them involved even more and um, have, you know, like a regular shift. The high school volunteers, we sign off on their hours for Bright Future Scholarships. And we also do a summer internship program. So if you've been volunteering here for the school year, you can apply during the summers to become a paid intern. Really awesome. So we've sent a lot of kids off to some very wonderful colleges Mm -hmm. over the years after doing many volunteer hours here at the Lighthouse. Awesome. So a lot of opportunities. You can check that out online as well. Um, So we're getting in towards the end of the year here. Um, Let's (laughs) talk about some of the important events that you have coming up um, and also um, you know just things you do throughout the year and why they're so important because obviously you need the support of the community and your sponsors to to keep everything going and be able to offer such a beautiful property like this so let's talk about some of those perfect so let's start with events okay Um, we have a very cool new event coming up on Sunday December 17th okay it is our holiday extravaganza Grinchmas edition oh boy and so this year we have local artists and vendors for holiday shopping. We're going to offer family holiday portraits in front of the lighthouse. Oh my goodness. Different crafts for kids, a toy drive with little smiles, climbs of the lighthouse. And then we're going to cap off the event with a showing of the Grinch on the lawn. We have a giant blow up movie screen that we can set right next to the water. And so bring a lawn chair set up. We're going to have some food trucks, grab some dinner and hang out with us for the evening. And when does that run? What time is that? From noon until eight. Okay. The movie will begin at about six o'clock. Okay. Awesome. Definitely have to check that out. Yes. Tickets are available on our website. Okay. Um, We should have some available day of, but we always encourage buying in advance. That's so awesome. So that's new. So check that out December 17th. And then what are some of our, I know you guys do like um, a family adventure day. Yes. Uh, So tell me about that. (laughs) Family adventure day is coming up quick. It's Saturday, January 20th. And that is our big family fun day. And so all of our on-site partners are involved. We do different activities throughout the site. Um, It's just a big family fun in the sun, beautiful day here at the lighthouse from 10 to four on the 20th. Okay, perfect. And then you also mentioned Wild and Scenic. Yes. Which one is this? Our Wild and Scenic Film Festival this year is on Saturday, April 13th. Okay. We use that big blow up movie screen and we're actually part of the National Wild and Scenic Film Festival. We are the on tour location here in South Florida. Cool. And they're all environmentally based films and documentaries. It's always a very inspiring inspiring event for us. Um, 
again, people bring their lawn chairs and set up in these films that were created and selected by the Wild and Scenic Film Festival are really um, heart wrenching, heart warming, um, all about our environment, especially when we look out and see our own wild and scenic river, the Loxahatchee right next to us. Yeah. And I love that because I think it has a lot, you know, when you talk about like, um, you know, conservative, conserving, you know, all of our resources and all the natural stuff in South Florida, especially, um, it's important that people know that and they, they understand some of the perils and things that are going on around them. So I think that's really cool. I've, I've not been here for that, but I will put that one on my calendar. Yes. <laughs> that one's amazing. And then, like you said, there's so many events that you guys have. I mean, daily, your your daily calendar. Is, daily programs yes. and weekly programs. And then uh, we just finished our one fundraising event of the year. It's called Rendezvous at the Light. Okay. It's always mid-November. And this year it was a beautiful event. It's like our outdoor cocktail party awesome. and Taste of Jupiter. We had 18 local restaurants participating. So cool. A silent auction, live music. It was very fun. And that that all helps us raise much needed funds mm-hmm. for general operations and especially for our education and program department so that awesome. they can keep putting on these other and more special kids and family programs. Yeah, I think it's so important. Any other um, events that you want everyone to know about while we're talking? I would say keep an eye on our website. Yeah. We're always developing and creating new ideas and new events. And so as soon as we have something more finalized, we'll put it on the website. Okay, awesome. Perfect. So, you know, while we're wrapping up here, because we're going to go do a tour and walk around the grounds, um, why do you think this area specifically is is so special? Because people are just drawn. uh, Jupiter in itself is like one of my favorite parts of Florida. But why do you think the lighthouse and the grounds are, everyone is just so drawn to it? What do you think it is about it? I like to call it our version of Central Park. That it's just this beautiful, natural, protected space Mm -hmm. where so much of our town and our state is becoming developed that this is just a gorgeous place that Mm -hmm. you can come back and really get back to nature, get back to our history, and have this experience here that you can't really have anywhere else. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. It's When I come here, I feel like it's just peaceful. That's the word I think of. It's like kind of a sanctuary away from, you know all the uh, craziness of South Florida. So Katrina, thank you so much. Thank this you. is so amazing. And like I said, if if you haven't been up here, I'm sure you've at least driven by anywhere in Jupiter, you kind of get a little peek of the, the lighthouse and it's like, oh, it's like super exciting when you get a glance of it um, from the waterways. Obviously you can see it and um, along um, a lot of the restaurants that are here in Jupiter. But um, if you haven't been here, if you're here visiting, stop off in Jupiter, come to the lighthouse, um, check out the museum, which we'll go, we'll go take a look at too. Is there anything else you want to leave us with Katrina before we go take a walk? We just say thank you to the entire community for your support. It's how we stay open, how we keep creating new programs. And so to all of our donors, our members, our sponsors, our volunteers, the community, just thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to go take a walk now and thank you for joining us again here on 501C TV and a special thank you to Kana House Studios, Wellington's first and only social content creation studio. And we'll see you next time on 501C TV.